welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, April the 14th. And wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's beauty today. Uh, And I'm just grateful that you are with me as we continue. Man, we're moving through this this octave of Easter, right? And uh, we continue to celebrate the risen Christ in our midst. Not just the memory of what happened 2,000 years ago. We continue to celebrate the risen Christ in our midst. We are an Easter people. That doesn't just mean an Easter remembering. People, we are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. And we can sing it because what happened then is exactly true for what happens now. And it continues to be true and always will be true. And brothers and sisters, that is absolutely worth celebrating for eight days. Uh, for those who are not familiar with an octave, just briefly, an octave is, is literally what it says, eight days of celebration. It is from Easter Sunday uh, until the uh, Sunday following, what the one that we call Divine Mercy Sunday, this coming Sunday, the April 16th. And, uh, and every day is like it's Easter Sunday. Uh, we have an octave for Christmas as well. It used to be an octave for Pentecost. It's no longer, you know, something we actively do. But uh, Easter and Christmas both have those celebrations, even though the Easter season will be 50 days. But we celebrate Easter Sunday for those eight. And this weekend, we listen to the gospel reading uh, that brings that octave to a close. And we're going to understand why mercy, divine mercy, was tagged to that. And that was during John Paul's um, papacy. So uh, what we're going to do today, then, is just hear the gospel. I know I speak for a long time, um, and, uh, and sometimes I can go on too long this way. If we just have one reading, maybe it can focus. Maybe Joe can focus more. We can all pray, right? There can always be a new beginning. All right, so what is the gospel? It is out of John's gospel, always. Divine Mercy Sunday, you're going to hear this one every time. And it's John chapter 20, and it starts with verse 19, and goes all the way through verse 31. So John 20, verses 19 to 31. I'm going to read it out of a different... um, a translation tonight. Usually I read the, the NAB, which is the one that we are going to hear at Mass. Uh, I like to use different translations on occasion because we get to hear new words of stories we know very well sometimes, and that invites us to see it with new eyes. And so it is with this one. It's uh, a translation called The Message by Eugene Peterson. Some of you may be familiar with that. Uh, it's a good one. So my friends, let us break open God's Word together. As always, I invite us to settle ourselves. If you need to pause this, please do. And settle yourself so you can open yourself to the spirit, the active, that that life-giving spirit that continues to live now. And invite that spirit uh, to find root uh, in the word within your heart today. We're reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Later on that day, the disciples had gathered together, but fearful of the Jews, had locked all the doors in the house. Jesus entered, stood among them, and said, Peace to you. Then he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples, seeing the master with their own eyes, were exuberant. Jesus repeated his greeting, Peace to you, 
Just as the Father sent me, I send you. Then he took a deep breath and breathed into them. Receive the Holy Spirit, he said. If you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? But Thomas, sometimes called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we saw the master. But he said, unless I see the nail holes in his hands, put my finger in the nail holes, and stick my hand in his side, I won't believe it. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the room. This time Thomas was with them. Jesus came through the locked doors, stood among them, and said, Peace to you. Then he focused his attention on Thomas. Take your finger and examine my hands. Take your hand and stick it in my side. Don't be unbelieving. Believe. Thomas said, My master, my God. Jesus said, So, you believe because you've seen with your own eyes. Even better blessings are in store for those who believe without seeing. Jesus provided far more God-revealing signs than are written down in this book. These are written down so you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in the act of believing, have real and eternal life in the way he personally revealed it. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Was there an image? Was there a word? Was there a phrasing? Was there a telling of the story in this translation that spoke to you? I invite you, my friends, sit with that because that's where God will speak. Now, a couple of reasons I chose this translation and not, and not the NAB, and I'll get to those. But before I do that, in that concluding remarks of the gospel, right, the last two sentences, it sounds like John's gospel is coming to a, a close, right, a conclusion, which theologians believe probably it was uh, back in the day. Um, but uh, there is a chapter 21. If you open your Bible up, you're going to see John 21, which is essentially one more story added. Most likely, I don't know if it was the same author, author or a different one, most likely a different is what I've, I've generally heard. But, but they, they often will call that the epilogue of John's gospel, that the original conclusion was exactly right here where we end this, this gospel, which is so interesting because John's gospel effectively ends not on Easter Sunday, although this story contains Easter Sunday, but then it ends a week later. doesn't end with the ascension, doesn't end with the Great Commission, anything like that that Luke's might or Matthew's might. Gosh, Mark's even ends on... On, on Easter Sunday. That's a whole different story for a different podcast. But this just ends here with this story. So uh, what are we to make of it? A few points I want to make, and then I promise uh, I will uh, shuffle off and, and let you be about your, your day. But I love, love, love this image, brothers and sisters. Again, just wrap your, not your arms, your embrace, wrap your mind, wrap your being, wrap your heart around the fact that this is called Divine Mercy Sunday. I love that. 
because we get to see what mercy looks like. Okay, the easy, easy part. Okay, these were the disciples, right, who all ran away. And here's Jesus who comes back in to their very midst. They didn't apologize to him. They didn't say, ah, oh, Lord, you know, you know, if only, you know, let me do a, a, an act of faith, an act of contrition, and, and then that grace will, will flow this way. Listen, nothing against active acts of contrition. That's not my point. My point is Jesus isn't responsive to that. Jesus enters into this group of people who are hiding in this room, right, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Why? Because they might just do the very same thing to them that happened to their master, to their loved one, to, to Jesus. Uh, these people who had denied him, betrayed him, if nothing else through their active words, but through their um, uh, act of running away and not staying at the foot of the cross, save the uh, disciple whom Jesus loved. But God doesn't wait for us. God enters into our situation and that, brothers and sisters, not just the fact that God loves and will forgive us our sins. Amen. God will. And we praise and thank God for that. But God doesn't wait for us. God uh, takes that first step and comes to us in the midst of whatever fear we are living in, whatever doors we have locked in our life. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you, we all have places in our life that we lock up, that we do not let others into. Our God is not afraid of those. And if God is not afraid of those, you don't need to be afraid of those. We can meet our God there. We don't need to hide them from God. God already knows about them. He's already present in them. Brothers and sisters, that is mercy. That God doesn't wait for us to say, okay, Lord, I've denied this part of my existence for 40 years, but now I'm finally going to bring it to you, and I, want, and I hope you love me after I bring it to you. God's going to be like my beloved sister, my beloved brother, my beloved friend. I have waited for you for 40 years in this space, and now we get to sit down and commune together. Brothers and sisters, whatever you are going through, uh, be it something large or, or something small, whatever doors we lock, whatever walls we place in our life, be they large or small, our God does not wait. Our God is waiting for us there, and he brings with him mercy. He brings forgiveness. He doesn't say, where were you? He doesn't say, what's up? He says, peace be with you, and he breathes the Holy Spirit on them. And this is one of the reasons that I wanted to go with this translation because it's so good, brothers and sisters. Okay, in the NAB, what you're going to hear this weekend is he breathes the Holy Spirit on them and then says that's it, that famous line, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. All right? Now, that sounds fine. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. I believe that. You know, we're, we're invited into the same act that Jesus is, brothers and sisters. Make no bones about it. If grace is plentiful and free from our God, and we expect that, we are expected to give it. And so Jesus says, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. But it almost sounds like he gives us an out. And he says, whose sins you retain are retained. Meaning, okay, you can forgive most people. But those ones that are really bad that you don't want, you can hold on to those. And, and they're retained. And they're retained for that person, and they're not forgiven for that person. That's not what he's saying at all. 
because that assumes we have control over forgiveness. And if I really was hurt by this friend, by my spouse, by my, my uh, sibling, by my child, whatever it is, if I was really hurt by him and I hold on to that and I'm retaining that, therefore they can't be forgiven. Man, oh man, oh man. That's not it. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Yeah, if we retain them, you know where they're retained? In us. In us. God's grace is certainly acting within our friend, within our spouse, within our sibling, within our child. We don't control that, nor should we try. I mean, I like what Jesus says in this, in this rendition. Again, I'm going to read it for us again. If you forgive someone's sins, they are gone for good. Now, that's where he's inviting us. If you don't forgive sins, so now he's saying, okay, but if you choose the other way. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? You see how that's different? What are you going to do with them? They make us feel in control. They make us feel like we have power over them, but they don't. They only put us in, in, in the prison because they lock the other person who we're angry with, they lock them in, in, in the, our memory in whatever cell that they, they belong in, therefore, and, and whoever we're angry with, they become that sin. Now, it doesn't change them at all. God's grace, as I said before, works within them. But in our lives, they become that sin, and therefore that only hurts us and hurts our relationship with them. Whose sins we retain, they're retained, but they're retained in us, and that's not healthy. What are we going to do with those? Brothers and sisters, our God invites us into the same grace that he gives us. Now, lest any of you are out here thinking, grace is cheap. I guess in, in one sense, yes, because it's free, right? Didn't Isaiah say that to us last week in, in, in Easter? Let all who come, come to the water, come without paying any money, without price. Brothers and sisters, that's the best news we're going to hear. Grace is free. Grace is open. Grace is given. Now, that, that line, though, cheap grace, means if, if all I'm doing is sitting and and and, and collecting this grace, but not allowing it to change me and not allowing myself to become that grace for other people, yeah, that's cheap grace and God won't be fooled. Don't let yourself or myself be fooled either. That grace is, is brought to us so you and I can no longer stay within those walls of fear, right? And once we have been given it, we break out of those walls and bring that grace to other people. That's the invitation. That grace, which is free, is not cheap. It is not only for me, so God and I can feel comfortable and I can get to heaven. Oh, blow that image up. That grace is free, so I can freely give it. Otherwise, what am I doing? What am I holding on to these things for? Uh, last couple of things, because I know I'm going on for a while, and, and I often do, right? Bless you all. Um, I love the image that again, next week. So Thomas, darn Thomas, he gets a bad rap. If your name is Thomas and you kind of been a little sheepish about that, doubting Thomas, no, take pride in it. Why? Yeah, he doubts here, okay? You know what? I've seen far worse by other apostles. We don't call Peter denying Peter, you know? So why does poor old Thomas get it? Thomas twice, twice in the gospel is the brave one. One, when they're going to go to... to uh, be with Jesus when he goes raise Lazarus, right? 
they believe Jesus is going and he may die there because everybody wants to get him. And Thomas is the one who says, okay, let us go with him so we can die with him. That's an act of bravery. And all the disciples here, bravery part two, are locked in this room for fear of the Jews. Who's the only one that's not locked there? The one who's brave enough to go outside and check things out. Okay? Thomas does not deserve our scorn or a derision. Thomas deserves our respect. And yes, he wants to see it. Okay, I get it. I get it. Because um, there's part of us that is that way too. But I love this image. I love this image. How did Jesus show himself to the disciples both weeks on Easter Sunday evening and the week later when he comes and, and invites Thomas to believe? He shows them his scars. Now, those who listened last week said, knew that I said, hey, wait, scars. That's, that's next week's conversation because it's real. Remember how the three days show us the pattern? It's, it's our reality, death, the in-between time, and life. Life always has the last word. That life doesn't take away the fact that we moved through death. Brothers and sisters, we carry the scars of our past, the hurts. We carry the, the betrayals. We carry the regrets. We carry our mistakes, all those things. Now, don't let them shame you. Don't let him stop you, because that's where grace is stronger. That's what Paul says, where sin abounds, and that's what we're talking about here, our mistakes, our past, all that stuff. Grace abounds all the more. Grace is stronger. Life is stronger. But that doesn't mean we live without our scars. They are there. In fact, they can identify us. That's what they do with Jesus. He is identified in that. Um, and... Uh, and brothers and sisters, what do they say about scar tissue? That, uh, that, that that scar tissue is even stronger than before? Hey, listen, that comes with a price. Let's not romanticize it. Let's not say, oh, let's all go to that place so we can have stronger skin. Now you got to earn that. And that's, that's not easy stuff. And I, and I get it. But just know, my friends, those scars, um, that's were they're not the last word and two it's okay to embrace those as part of who we are jesus did jesus did uh last two things i'll say one is remember this is divine mercy sunday and i love that divine mercy picture you know it shows uh, when they pierced his side blood and water flowed out and so you see in the 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 rays that are coming out it is it is red and it's white you know signifying that blood and that water. Um, the, again, grace is not cheap. Look what it cost. Look what it cost. It's free, but it's not cheap. Um, and, uh, and, and below that picture, it, it has those words, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Maybe that can be our mantra this week. Jesus, I trust in you. And the last thing I want to... Again, this is the second part and the reason I read this translation. I love it so much. So it's the concluding lines for, for the gospel. Uh, Jesus provided far more revealing signs than are written down in this book. These are written down, so here's what I want you to hear. These are written down so you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in the act of believing, have real and eternal life in the way he personally revealed it. And in the act of believing... Brothers and sisters, this isn't magic. 
This isn't, you know, hey, uh, say these magic words and I'm going to heaven. In the act of believing and allowing that Holy Spirit to come in within me and be breathed upon me and allowing forgiveness to take place within me so I can go forward and share it. That's all the act of believing. Does it, uh, does God respond to me and therefore love me and forgive me because I go out and forgive others? No. That act of forgiveness, that act of the Holy Spirit changes me. And in that act of believing and, and accepting it, surrendering into it, opening myself to it, I open myself to being outside of these walls of fear and whatever is binding me and bringing it to others. And in that act of believing, I participate in the salvation and in the creation of the kingdom of God now. And so do you. And that is so good. My friends, it's Divine Mercy Sunday. Jesus, I trust in you. There's no better place to place our trust. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The second glorious mystery, Jesus ascends. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. 
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, I trust in you. Let that be our mantra this week. My friends, be well, and God's peace.